0: Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Lift off. We have a liftoff.
1: This is About Space, America's return to space, with news and information on our U.S. space program. It's your host of About Space, David Dinault.
2: Welcome, and thanks for joining me today. Well, NASA held its first public briefing of its independent study team evaluating the data of unidentified aerial phenomena, or UFOs. Now, the UAP independent study team is a council of 16 community experts across diverse areas of matters. Now, just weeks ago, the Congress received its second briefing on these unexplained flying crafts, but alien spacecraft was debunked by Sean Kirkpatrick of the Department of Defense. I should also state clearly for the record that in our research, Arrow has found no credible evidence thus far of extraterrestrial activity, off-world technology, or objects that defy the known laws of physics. In the event sufficient scientific data were ever obtained that a UAP encountered can only be explained by extraterrestrial origin, we are committed to working with our interagency partners at NASA to appropriately inform U.S. government's leadership of its findings But what about a recent report in the 1960s of a former U.S. Air Force captain and nuclear crew commander, Robert Salas? He served at Malmstrom Air Force Base in Great Falls, Montana. And he came forward with a very scary account of what happened one evening.
3: Sometime in the evening hours, I get up a call from the main guard upstairs. He tells me that there are strange lights flying over the facility. They're looking at reddish-orange glowing pulsating light that's hovering just above the front gate. And he pointed with his arms and he says it was right out there hovering, uh, motionless and without sound. They did think that there was a solid object within the light, sort of oval-shaped. I kind of dismissed it. I even said, you mean like UFOs? And uh, kind of laughed at him and he said, well, they're not airplanes, sir. About five minutes later, he calls back and he's screaming into the phone now. He's very frightened. He's babbling. He said he's got all the guards out there with their weapons drawn. And they wanted orders on what to do. I told him, make sure nothing enters the fenced area. When I hung up the phone, I thought we were under attack. By who or what, I had no idea. And then we get bells and whistles going off at our control panel, and we could see the lights going from green to red all across the board, meaning the missiles were
4: inoperable now. If the president had given the order to launch the missiles, we could not have launched them.
5: Hear
2: from the former Director of National Intelligence, Senator Mark Rubio, and Luis Alessandro next, as America and the world is listening to About Space Today. Mardi Gras is home.
4: We've all waited for a long time for this day, and so we are thrilled and excited to welcome Mardi Gras finally to her home here in Port Canaveral. We've invested billions of dollars to reduce our environmental impact, and so we're very excited at Carnival Cruise Line that this ship, Mardi Gras, is the first ship in North America to bring this technology.
2: Book your fun cruise on Carnival's Mardi Gras today. Call d and Cruise Tours at 877-747-8631. That's 877-747-8631. And come see the Caribbean. Welcome back. So what have we learned thus far? Here's former Director of National Intelligence, John Ratcliffe.
5: Well, sure. We we have uh, lots of reports about what we call uh, unidentified aerial
2: phenomenon. There are a lot more sightings than have been made public. Sometimes we wonder whether or not our adversaries have technologies um, that are a little bit further down the road than we thought or that we realized. And Senator Mark Rubio of Florida, the man who helped launch the yearly reports to Congress, says...
0: Well, we have things flying over military installations, over military exercises and other places, and we don't know what it is. It isn't ours, it isn't anything that's registered with the FAA, and in many cases exhibits attributes of things we've never seen technology, the kinds of technology we haven't seen before, or at least that's what it seems like. I think you have to know what it is, or we have to try to know what it is. That's my view of it without any preconceived notions. Maybe there's a logical explanation. Uh, maybe it's a, you know, something that can be explained away. Uh, maybe it's a foreign adversary who's made a technological leap, as you heard the former DNI said. Whatever it is, we need to know the answer to it. The problem with this issue is every time you raise it, people get all you know, nervous, oh, does this mean UFOs and aliens and extraterrestrial? We don't have to go that far. It's very simple. There are things flying over national security uh, installations. We don't know who they are, we don't know what it is. It isn't ours. We need to find out. And
2: just days ago, it was finally NASA's turn to share what its independent study team had learned so far. NASA's Dan Evans.
1: NASA Administrator Senator Bill Nelson believes that understanding UAPs is vital for several reasons, which is why he directed this study. First and foremost, it provides an opportunity for us to expand our understanding of the world around us. As an organization dedicated to exploring the unknown, this work is in our DNA. Secondly, this study aims to enhance situational awareness. The presence of UAPs raises concerns about the safety of our skies, and it's this nation's obligation To determine whether these phenomena pose any potential risks to airspace safety. By understanding the nature of UAPs, we can ensure that our skies remain a safe space for all. In order to achieve these goals, it is crucial that we employ a scientific lens for our UAP work. It's precisely this rigorous evidence-based approach that allows one to separate fact from fiction. This team is comprised of experts from various disciplines, which allows them to approach this work from multiple perspectives, And we have greatly benefited from that collective expertise. Now, why do we value a scientific approach? It's because science is built on evidence. It thrives on scrutiny. It demands uh, reproducibility, uh, sorry, and above all, objectivity. When we approach UAPs from a scientific perspective, we do not come in with an agenda. We come in needing a roadmap. Indeed, the primary objective of this incredible team of experts is not to go back and look at grainy footage of UAPs, but rather to give us a roadmap to guide us for future analysis. And this is the very scientific method that NASA holds true to its heart. The meeting today represents the first deliberative actions that the team has taken. And so it's important to keep in mind that they still have several months of work ahead of them. Their final report will be released this summer and we will publish it on our website. NASA believes that the study of unidentified anomalous phenomena represents an exciting step forward in our quest to uncover the mysteries of the world around us. Thanks for bearing with me. I'd now like to turn to the amazing Dr. Nikki Fox, Associate Administrator for
6: NASA's Science Mission Directorate. Over to you, Nikki. The UAP independent study was commissioned to create a roadmap on how to use the tools of science to evaluate and categorize the nature of UAPs going forward. This roadmap, of course, will help the federal government obtain usable data to explain the nature of future UAPs. Transparency, openness, and scientific integrity are pinnacle to NASA's mission. They're at the forefront of this public meeting and have been throughout the team's seven months on this study. As Dan noted, this is a working meeting, and so the public will have the incredible opportunity to witness the process of science in action. At NASA, we lead the world in exploration and are committed to rigorous scientific inquiry. The nature of science is to better understand the unknown and to do that, our scientists need data. Right now there is very limited number of high quality observations and data curation of UAP. The 16
2: member body, which includes experts from the fields ranging from physics to astrobiology, was tasked with examining unclassified UFO sightings and other data collected from government and commercial sectors. David Spergel, Chair of NASA's Panel on Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, UAPs, said...
4: I'm David Spergel. I'm the chair of the panel. Is how can NASA contribute to understanding the nature of UAPs? And our role here is not to resolve the nature of these events, but rather to give NASA guidance to provide a roadmap of how it can contribute in in this area. NASA's role is to use its unique capabilities and its role as a civilian agency interacting with the scientific community in an open and transparent manner. Defense and intelligence agency data on UAP are often classified primarily because of how the data is collected, not because what's in the data. If a camera on an F-35 took a picture of a bird, it's classified. If a spy satellite takes an image of a balloon. And we've had in the news some balloons recently. That data is classified. And that's because of a desire to not reveal our technical capabilities to other nations. NASA, on the other hand, operates in a mode where it's collecting data in the open. And the NASA data is available on websites and is well characterized. And because of NASA being the civilian agency studying air and space, it has a special role to play. And I see our charge primarily as helping identify for NASA ways it could play that role and contribute to understanding. We've gone through a preliminary data collection stage. And to summarize some of the things that we've learned, the current data collection efforts regarding UAPs are unsystematic and fragmented across various agencies. Often using instruments uncalibrated for scientific data collection.
2: Finally, the man who ran the secret Department of Defense UFO program, Lou Alessandro says,
5: this is not you know the notion of where let's say Grandma saw some lights in the backyard. These are military eyewitnesses. in some cases, they're fighter pilots or they're security personnel uh, that have come up close and personal with a UAP, or I guess, in the vernacular UFO. For many years we've been told, oh, you know, this is silly and, and, and whatnot, and this this topic is 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 really not to be taken seriously. Look, I, I was part of the program. I ran the program for, for a better part of eight years on this topic. It is absolutely real. And now finally, because of the pressure put by Congress and people like you in the media, finally our government is beginning to become more transparent about this topic and tell the truth about this topic. We've been looking at this for a long time, and if you, if anyone seems to suggest that China or Russia back in 1950s had the ability to travel at hypersonic speeds and do 90 degree, 90 degree turns uh, in midair after doing 8,000 miles an hour, then you know you're looking at the greatest intelligence failure this country has ever yeah. had, eclipsing that of 9/11, by the way, by an order of magnitude. So, so no, I think it's 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 fair to say at this point. Suffice it to say. This is probably not some sort of adversarial technology we're dealing with.
2: After all of these reports and studies to date, still there's no government explanation of what or where these flying crafts are from. And for the time being, they will remain unexplained aerial phenomena. As Fox Mulder would say, the truth is out there. Do you believe? Check out our Facebook page, AboutSpace.today, for launches and landings, and invite your family and friends to listen weekly. Remember to join Don Meyer, Space Coast News Editor, this Friday for America in Space. And to all our listeners around the globe and here in the U.S., thanks for joining me. I'm
0: David Denault, and this has been About Space Today.